Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. Spring has sprung, it's 70 degrees outside today in Dresden, and the flowers are springing up, so what better text to discuss than Heinrich Heine's Du bist wie eine Blume. Mirko Roszkowski leads us through this text, talking about the schwa and the upside-down A, the difference between the SCH and the CH sounds, sh and sh, and some cases where back-to-back -back T and D need to be clearly articulated. There are two versions of episode 93, the full video tutorial or the audio version for people who prefer to listen to podcasts on the go. All of our video tutorials, along with their accompanying PDFs, which include IPA transcription, along with the poetic and word-for-word -word translations into several languages, are available either for individual sale or as part of a subscription. For more information on that, or about today's contributor, Mirko Roszkowski, please visit www.dictionpolice.com. You can also follow the Diction Police on Facebook or Twitter at Diction Police. Probably the most famous of Heinrich Heine's poems, Du bist wie eine Blume, has been set at least 388 times. According to his family, this poem was very personal for Heine and relates to an unrequited love that he had. Written probably in 1823 or 24, it was published in Buch der Lieder in the cycle Die Heimkehr. Du bist wie eine Blume. Du bist wie eine Blume, so hold und schön und rein. Ich schau dich an und Wehmut schleicht mir ins Herz hinein. Mir ist, als ob ich die Hände aufs Haupt dir legen sollt, betend, dass Gott dich erhalte, so rein und schön und hold. I think first we need to talk about the German schwa, because in this song it seems as though they're almost put on display. They're sort of at the ends of these phrases on rather long notes, and we have to know how to handle a word like Blume yeah, when even, it comes off of the beat. It's, it's even in the title, but um, it's Blume. Uh, it's this this open epsilon sound, Blume. Yes, yeah, so the schwa itself is actually not based on a uh, or on uh. We don't want to round our lips around it. Exactly. We want something more with an e eh in it that's short and unstressed. Yes, I've, I've heard it uh, several times from English native speakers that it sounds more like an a ah, bluma. No. Or bluma. Bluma, yeah. It's really me. Bluma. And once again in, in the next. Um, in the second verse? In the second verse. It's mir ist, als ob ich die Hände, exactly the same, Hände, Blume. Exactly. You can almost say Hände, right? You can almost say the same vowel as you do for the first syllable of Hände. Yes, it's the, the uh, umlaut. In this case, it's Hände. But it's very yeah. short and uh, unstressed. Exactly. And we get the same thing at the end of the third line of that verse, too. It's Erhalte. So the question is, when it becomes long, how do we make sure that we sing, eh, we really want to sing more, erhalte, right? We want more of that eh feeling to it. Yes. We have another form of the schwa, which is the upside down 
bright a, yeah. but it's a schwa. It basically replaces an r. That's it. It's uh, the very short but important word mir. It is possible to to roll the r at the end of of these words, but today we usually don't do that. Yeah. And I'd even say it's not that good to do to do it because mm -hmm. it's too too much weight on that on that sound. It's not necessary. So it's mir. So it's like abphrasieren in within the word. Exactly, it sort of mir. pulls away. The word itself pulls away from itself. Exactly. Mir. Mir. And of course, in in the next line, aufs Haupt dir is the same thing. Exactly. And even mir. in the in a prefix, we can have it too. Yes. The next line, das Gott dich erhalte. Exactly. Er so we don't want er erhalte. We want erhalte. Yeah. Mir dir erhalte. Exactly. One of the difficult things about this is then it means that the word ends with a vowel. And if the next word starts with a vowel, any word in German that starts with a vowel needs space before the word before it. And if we have a word like mir, basically instead of ending it with a r, with an r, we're ending it with a vowel. And then we need a real glottal before the next word that starts with a vowel, right? Otherwise we don't understand the word. Exactly. It's mir ist... Als ob. This is very hard line um, because and even even more. Mir ist als ob ich die Hände. So we need a lot of glottals here, but it's absolutely necessary. If you do als ob ich, it's nothing. Right. We won't get the the meaning of it. It's not clear enough for the language. Yeah. Mir ist als ob ich die Hände. Of course we uh, and then. Aufs Haupt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once again. Um, but the do do are all glottals equal? Are all are all glottals equally important, or should we do more in certain cases? And like, can we get away with a little less in certain cases? We we have to find the the meaning of the uh, of the word, and there are definitely glottals that are more important than others, mm -hmm. because it would be so easy not to do the glottal. Mirist. Yeah. Then we would roll the R in that case, mm -hmm. <laughs> if, if it was like that. But it's mir ist. We we need the space. We need a real glottal there. Yeah. And I would say the same thing. Anytime we have a separable prefix verb, when the prefix is at the end of the phrase, we also really need that glottal. We have it in the word anschauen, which is separated here in, in the uh, third line. Ich schau dich an. So the an belongs to schau. And that's why we need a real glottal there to make sure that the, the combination, the, that the connection is still active. Yeah. Ich schau dich an und Wehmut schleicht mir ins Herz hinein. Now this is, again, once again, this, this uh, connection. This separable prefix verb? Yeah. Because the real verb, the real infinitive would be hineinschleichen. Schleicht hinein. So in that in these senses, all of these prefixes then become very strong. It's not that we don't want to fall away at the end of the phrase. We actually want to go to the end of the phrase and make it strong. Yeah. Ich schau dich an und Wehmut schleicht mir ins Herz hinein. So schleicht hinein. Exactly. So this, hineinschleichen. Yeah. yeah. This brought up two important things. The first thing is that in this phrase we have sh and sh 
So the C Cedilla and the long squiggly S back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And yeah. sometimes back to back. Yeah. We have Ich schau dich an. And the important thing with this with the C Cedilla, I think, is to realize how far front that is. It's completely in the front and com and opposite to the Ach laut, which we don't have in this piece, but uh, it's Ich schau dich an. Und Wehmut schleicht mir ins Herz hinein. So we have schleicht. And we really need to take our time saying these sounds, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Schleicht. There are so many sounds and all of them are important. We cannot drop anything of them. Yeah. So this is not like Italian where we, we want to sing mostly on vowels and just sort of drop consonances. We really need the consonants to take up a lot of time as well. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And having this Wehmut directly before Schleicht brings up another point that's not often discussed, which is that this T at the end of Wehmut becomes, get, is also right before a sh, along the long squiggly S, the esh sound. And because of that, you, you can actually connect them and make a ch, right? Yeah, that's it. We have this uh, three times in this short poem. This time is um, even more more important because we, we are at the end of the line. Ich schau dich an und Wehmut schleicht. Wehmut schleicht. So we have, we, we lengthen the vowel. Wehmut mm -hmm. schleicht. And then we say really ch, basically. Yes. Wehmut schleicht. Yes, this is the, the perfect way for the legato. And we have this also in, in the second and in the last verse with unschön. So hold und schön. So we lengthen the un and then schön. T, long, long squeak the S sound, ch. Exactly. So. so we don't have to separate and say und schön, und sch. Yeah. We actually connect the T, esh, so that we end up with a ch. Yeah. Und schön. Wehmut schleicht. And that's not the only case of T's getting connected to, to another consonant. Oftentimes, when we have a T at the end of a word and the next word starts with a D or a T, we can connect them. But in this piece, in the second verse, we have three cases where we probably don't want to connect them, right? For me, the rule is that, that we have to connect them. But there are exceptions when the word is very important, or we have in, in the music, we have very much time. Mm -hmm. Or if it would be ununderstandable. Or of course, of course, it's, if it's ununderstandable. Here it's the case that the words are short words, which are way easier to understand if we separate the sounds. Yeah. We have aufs Haupt dir legen sollt. So we really fully release the T of Haupt. Yes. And then start a D. Yes. Haupt dir. And again in the next line, several times, <laughs> betend, then there's a comma, that's why we have to separate it. Mm -hmm. Betend, das Gott dich erhalte. So the word Gott is always very important. In every language. We, in every <laughs> language. And um, we, we really need to get that. And we have to separate the word because it's very short and very important. And actually, in this sense, dich is also important, that, that God holds you. Yeah. You're completely right. And haupt dir legen soll. 
we could discuss about it, but I'd really suggest to divide the sounds here. The difference between closed and open O in German is huge, and in my experience, these two vowels have a tendency to morph into one middle-of-the-road vowel rather than specifically finding a real closed and a real open sound. The German closed O is, as I like to say, super-closed. The lips must be really rounded, and the vowel is as close to an U as you can get without actually singing U. So. The open O, on the other hand, will feel very much like the word aw, A-W-E, in English. Halt, got, op. Be sure that when these sounds come back to back in the words so halt, that you're really making the distinction between a very closed and a very open vowel. And this closed O is also the second sound of the A-U diphthong. Diphthongs in English tend to go to an open vowel. So in house, we say this with H, bright A, open O, open U, and S. But German diphthongs go to a closed vowel. H, bright A, closed O, S. As you learn this song, pay special attention that the diphthongs to the words schau, aufs Haupt, really go from the bright A to the closed O. This is also true of the diphthong that sounds like I. In English, we would say my light, and the diphthong is bright A to open I. In German, this diphthong goes to the closed lowercase e, E, which is just as crazy closed as the O was. Eine, rein, schleicht, hinein. When looking at this text, one word that seems to jump out is Wehmut. If the subject of the poem is so lovely, why does this make the protagonist melancholy? One possible explanation is that he can't have her. The fact that in the second verse he wants to place his hands on her head suggests that this love will not be a passionate one. Remember that Heine's love was unrequited. As in many of Heine's poems, this one reminds us that sometimes love can go no further, and that that thought brings melancholy. Du bist wie eine Blume, so hold und schön und rein. Ich schau dich an und Wehmut schleicht mir ins Herz hinein. Mir ist, als ob ich die Hände aufs Haupt dir legen sollt, betend, dass Gott dich erhalte, so rein und schön und hold. This interview with Mirko Roschkowski was conducted by Ellen Rissinger. Phonetic transcription by Ellen Rissinger and François Germain. This has been the Diction Police Special Diction Unit, a production of Singing Diction GBR.